Hello and welcome back to the Cozy Coffin Company. It's been a while guys. I'm sorry. I've been slightly busy, slightly manic, slightly running, slightly distracting myself from everything. But I'm here with the lovely Sue Thomas again this morning who's agreed to have another chat with me. Hello Sue. Hi Jen. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. So am I. We had a nice meal out last night, didn't we? We did, yes. It was nice to go out. Just a, a small group. and Yeah, well five of us. We were yeah, allowed we were. six, but five of us wids turned up. Um, with the new COVID restrictions. How are you through all this anyway, by the way? Because it's been a while since I've spoken to you and obviously you've lost your dad and everything during this. Yeah. How, how are you doing? I'm okay. Okay. Yeah, good. it's, um, yeah, COVID makes everything harder. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But, you know, but uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm keeping, keeping busy, keeping distracted. <laughs> Yay, we are queens of distraction, Absolutely. right? Yeah, and it's partly, we were, so Sue and I were out with a group of girls last night having a chat and a few things obviously as widows we will always the, the subject or conversation will always come back to why we're here right yeah so our husbands have died or wives whatever that is and I think last night's conversation between you and I was about how we have dealt with or dealing I'm not even going to say dealt with yeah because I'm 20 months in, you are uh, a little bit, bit, little bit ahead of you, two years, three months. Yeah, and yeah. and you kind of, you look at your own life and wonder how you got where you, where we are today, yeah. and kind of find it quite amazing. But how have you coped? How have I coped? How are we coping? Yeah, you know, it's right, kind yeah. of like you can see from the outside in that I'm running. Yes, that's what we were talking about, wasn't it? You keep you keep very busy. You don't let yourself stop to think or feel. Um, Correct. Which is which is not a bad strategy. No. If it's working. For well, because you. there's no strategy that's well, going to no, be. There's nothing. No, there's nothing that's going to bring them back. No. Correct. This isn't changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, that's something that I think hit me just after the two year point was that it doesn't matter how well I do this. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I could get a grade A in grieving. It's not going to bring him back. It's not going to. Mm. It's not going to change anything. So, um, I think it's it's just about coping with it as as best you can. But you were telling me last night um, that how you worked. You were working yeah, when so Chris me, first died. So, so for me, when I went, I went back to work about not even three months after Chris died. So he died mid, middle of July, and when the girls went back to school in September. There was some, something in my head which I look back and I think that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, yeah. But I felt like if they had to go back to school, then I had to go back to work because okay. I had to show them that going you can back do this. to normal is what we have to do, and that if if I can do this, they can do this. And it was kind of a solidarity thing. Um, and I I love I love working. I love my my job. I I like you know I get a lot of. Um, my, my image and self-worth and all of that comes from doing a really good job and being yep. respected and admired by my, my colleagues. So, you know, I went back to work and initially it was meant to be a phased return. Um, that ended after about three weeks because there was just so much to do. There was no way that working part-time was, was going to work. It yeah. was going to work. So I then sort of threw myself into it. Um, you know, and by sad. doing that, by doing that, do you feel that you pushed grief aside? I think I probably did. Um, but I think I've just been writing a, a, a blog on this actually I I actually worried my kids um, and I ended up I did it I'd worked for a year um, after I went back and I was doing really long days and it was a it was a fair commute it was an hour each way mm -hmm. commute 
Um, and, you know, I was working hard and I look back and I think, you know, I, I did get quite mouthy at work, actually. I wasn't holding back. If, you know, you have that thing. Filter's gone. Filter's gone and yeah. you just say what you think. No, no, Sue, really? <laughs> You're asking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, this is unusual for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so I went, went back to work um, and I, I worked really hard, I was doing long hours and um, I was coming home and I, I was just, you know, I'd, I'd get home late, I'd have something to eat, I'd go to bed, I'd get up and do it all again the next morning. Um, and it was my older daughter broke down one day and she just said she was really worried about me. She thought I was heading for burnout and she was scared of losing me as well and she was, she was crying and just begging me to give up this job. Mm. And I don't think I'd realised till then quite how much I was putting into it but I, I did know that it was it was a distraction okay. um, activity but it had become an unhealthy one yeah yeah and so I decided I was going to take three months off and I was going to use that three months just to face this grief that I'd been running from head on just to let myself so that's quite a big it. thing for was, me even yeah. listening to you talk about it last <laughs> night and I'm really interested yeah because yeah. you're like whoa you're gonna basically you gave yourself permission to do that and yeah. to sit I, I still haven't yeah. done that because I didn't have to go to work so as long as I was together when the kids got home from school and they were they were fed and they saw me mm -hmm. being okay um, that was that was what I had to, to make sure did happen mm -hmm. but outside of that if I needed to to spend a day crying I could mm -hmm. if I had a day where I just felt I couldn't get up and do anything then mm -hmm. I gave myself permission to do that so um, I wonder why. I wonder why some of us can do that. Some of us, because I just can't do that. I no. physically can't. I could tell myself, I'm going to stay in bed today. I'm going to have a rest day. Yeah. Before I know it, I've got my gym gear on, or my bicycle gear yeah. on, or I'm going for a walk, or I'm I'm running, I'm shopping. Yeah. No, I think, but at this stage, I think I had got into quite a, a significant depression. Okay. And so it wasn't a choice to stay in bed. It was more, uh, I can't, I cannot force myself to get up and do anything okay. today. I just need to. Hmm to be here and 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 just feel know, feel um and yeah, uh, you I, know, don't, I don't i don't like those feelings <laughs> no that's it <laughs> and i think that that was one of my kind of big things around this subject was how do you do that yeah i mean for me writing helped okay and i started doing i started doing some meditation classes as well and so it wasn't I, I wasn't just sitting at home and lying in bed all day i would i was doing things but i gave myself permission to do what i felt i needed to do so sometimes that was going for a really long walk yeah sometimes that was seeing friends sometimes that was going for a meditation class but it wasn't going to but a normal nine to five yeah, job it wasn't and... going to work and it wasn't distracting myself oh. and pretending that this hadn't happened mm. Mm. Um, and getting myself to that point where I'd bottled it all up so much mm. that it came out in a massive fit of rage or a massive crying fit. It was a, for me, it was a more gentle way to, of, be able to, of, to be able to process. I think I think I wrote about this or I spoke about it a little while ago. That actually, exactly what you've just said and how you did that is how I wish I could be. I could all for me because grief comes up and bites me on the ass unexpectedly most of the time. After a high, I get the low, which we all do. Um, and it's unexpected because I'm always thinking, well, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm doing all right. Bang, I'm not okay. And I think, fucking hell, I just, I, I want to pencil it in. I want to say, look, on Wednesday, there's nothing really good on the telly. Can I not just have that grief day then? Allow it to come. Yeah. But I can't. No. I, I just kind of then, because then I, th I sit and I think to myself, okay, I'm going to, I can have a cry. I can, And then I go, I don't want to. Yeah. So I'm constantly battling. And I think I'm very aware since I've come off antidepressants that, I don't want to slip. Yeah. You know, I, I need to try and keep control of this 
um, moving forward, yeah. I guess, rather than taking a step back. That's my fear. Yeah. I think my fear is if I allow myself to stop and those emotions overcome me, I'm going to take too many steps back. And yeah. I, I guess that's not where I want to be. But I know I should because I know I'm running. Yes. And I'm not kind of even but taking a not, breath. You're not running in an unhealthy way, though, are you? So no. I, I guess as long as you're, you're doing OK, you've got to do what's right for you and what works yeah. for you. Yeah. So for me, the distraction that I was doing, it was unhealthy. It was making me, yeah. it was making me unwell. And your kids were worried people, about you. I was struggling to, to get back off again. And yeah. my kids were worried about me. My family was worried about me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but it, it allowed me as well, I think to spend a bit of time thinking about what I wanted to do next and I think if I'd not taken that break I would have just carried on as I was I probably would have burned out I would have yeah. ended up signed off work for a few weeks and then going back and trying to pr reprove to everybody that I could I could deal with all of this whereas having this this break that I forced um, I knew that I had to make the most of that time so mm. it wasn't just about you know it, it gave me a bit of time and space to grieve and to sort of just come to terms with what had happened not necessarily accept it yeah yeah but actually because do you ever accept it <laughs> no i don't think you do but you know it gave me time to acknowledge what had happened and where i was now at mm -hmm. but you lose a bit of your identity i think when when you when your partner dies because they're such a big part of your life the half. And, yeah. they're your other half yeah, so suddenly it. you are a half yeah. without your other half yeah, and you're like and it's, yeah I mean, you it's, do lose your identity we're, we're more than a year on from when i when i gave up work and it's only now that i'm starting to sort of really um think no those those are those are definitely my values they yeah are the values i shared with chris but they are mine correct yeah, whereas yeah. there's these things over here that i did because chris enjoyed them and yeah. so we did them together because that's what you do but actually I this is me yeah and so i think I don't think I'd be cycling like I am. If you, you, Howard was definitely, he wanted to be healthier and fitter than he was, but and he tried the odd cycle ride or we'd go for a walk, but it, never would it be what I'm doing today. Yeah. I would have tapered to his, you know, because we would have done things together, but now I'm on my own. Yeah. I can do a 43-mile bike ride if I want to and not have to worry about how long it takes or how far I've come or whatever. But, yeah, I see what you mean. I think there's there's a new us emerging and i guess what we're all trying to do is trying to find who we are yeah. without our person yeah you know yeah. and and for me i think as well part of that three months was learning how to look at myself and and look at and and look at my motivations and, and what i really wanted so i wouldn't be living in my house by the sea no if i'd not had that three months off because i'd have been tied to a geography for work yeah um, and yeah. i wouldn't have um you know that came from a really long time of sort of soul searching and thinking okay what do I really want now that there's only me to consider and I haven't got to compromise or yeah make allowances for somebody else because um, it was it was always complicated with Chris he didn't drive yeah. um, and so he always needed to be somewhere where there was public transport okay. and whereas you yeah. know so where I'm living did he now, not want to drive Sue or no, he was didn't it? he never learned because he he was um he was a bit of an environmental well he was a lot of an environmentalist okay. so he originally decided that he wouldn't learn to drive because he, he was helping everywhere okay. and that was obviously when he was young yeah by the time i met him it was really that um he could he could cycle or use public transport or get someone to give him a lift yeah. <laughs> so, so he, he got driven around yeah. quite a bit fair play and never <laughs> learned to drive good yeah, on him absolutely yeah. so um yeah but uh so where i'm living now wouldn't have wouldn't have been Worked suitable him. for him because it's not really the public transport that, okay. that he'd need but yeah so he's um 
Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. But that's you know that's where we we like you said you you've made that big decision to move. I think for me, part of my struggle, as I'm very open and honest about, is this house. Now mm. I'm not going to move because I do love it, but my difficulty is being in it alone, and mm. it's it's not. I mean, Howard worked away so much that it sounds crazy. It's not being alone. It's being in here without him. Yes. Let's hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You know, but even having you here last night, I've got a boyfriend at the moment, right? I'm not going to make any bones about that. I've met somebody and I'm having a really good time and whatever. And even with Rowan here, it feels right. But put me in this house on my own and I don't quite know how to get around that. Yeah. I don't know how to push through this because that's where my fight or flight instinct takes hold. I want to get an Aggie and bugger off. Yeah. rather than sit and face it. And I don't know how to really, and I'm not asking your advice, I'm just saying, putting it out there, that that's my issue at the moment, I think, is... How do you be I'm ride, trying to yeah. ride it out. How do, I, how do I become okay in this space on my own? Mm. Because it, that's what I'm struggling with, I think. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. No. Because that's, again, it's, it's the never-ending vicious circle for me because that's when I hit the wine because I'm not happy sitting here alone. So we talk about what do you do at home? You, Netflix. Yeah, I'm ch- it's, so, and it, it, to me, and it's not a good thing. I found myself the other day and I thought, I, I sort of worked out how many episodes I'd watched of something over three or four days. And I thought, this is not, this is not healthy. It's still a distraction. I'm still distracting myself from the fact that it's, it's eight o'clock at night, it's dark outside. Um, you know, I don't, I, I I'm not going out. I haven't got somebody to sit here with um, and listen to music or read bits of the paper out to each other or, you know, the sorts bits of things of that we used to do, yeah, bits of yeah. books. Um, I, can't, I can't concentrate to read. I've always been a reader, yeah. um, even as a kid, and it was a family joke that if I had my nose buried in a book, you took your life in your hands if you tried to disturb me. <laughs> oh, you made me laugh about that last night. <laughs> but no, it's true. And... and you know, but now I can't. I've I've had a book that I'm I'm reading, and I I maybe read a page, a couple of pages, whereas I used to. If I would devour a book, the way that I'm binging Netflix, mm. actually, I would devour a book. I would I would start it. I would read so it until it was finished. But I could I could read a book in two three days. That's a harsh reality of grief, and that's where it's changed us both. So whereas I was a I'd say a television addict before Howard died, as in every I liked EastEnders, Coronation Street. I religiously sat and watched. We'd have dinner. And then we do, he always joke in the background, he'd be going, oh, I don't want to watch EastEnders, but he'd sit there and go, oh, what happened to such and such, or what happened? So he was always, you know, on the outside, he might be reading a book, but listening to it. Um, I've not watched an episode since he died. I, I used to store them on the television and think, oh, I'll get back into that at some point. I cannot concentrate and do, concentrate, it's not really concentrating, is it, just listening to it, but... I can't watch the television. I've tried so hard in the last 20 months and it's just not got me. And, and yet, I th- sadly, I think if I could and concentrate on what people are saying on the television, I might stop thinking about things. But for me, it's music. So where you might watch television and, and binge watch, I listen to music, but I listen to the same stuff over and over. And, and I don't think that's healthy. No. I don't think that's healthy familiar, at all. And so it True. makes you feel safe, yeah. So for me, music something that I've really struggled with. So music was a thing that Chris and I bonded over initially. Mm-hmm. So we work colleagues, got chatting about something and realised that we had some musical tastes in common and started going out. In, there was a group of us that would go out to gigs and comedy shows and things like that. And that was how we moved from being colleagues to being friends to being partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and... 
I struggle with music because it, it it's that um that that was a thing that we shared and like we'd hear something or Chris like would last you. night just to remind well to remind but just to to mention on here that last night when we got back from our meal Sue and I might have had a couple of glasses of wine you know but we were listening to me you've actually introduced me to some really nice music yeah. I love lyrics so I could almost write my life through songs and how I'm feeling because they speak to me yeah. and I know you're very similar so you yeah. introduced me to some music which I'm really looking forward to having something new yeah. to kind of investigate and go oh let me listen to those yeah. words again or let me see and what it says to me and that's what Chris and I used to do together yeah. so you'd get like the Q magazine or um, Uncut or something and they used to come with these little CDs of samples of new music okay. and we'd, we'd sort of go through them and we'd find stuff and then we'd go and buy the CD and listen to yeah, it yeah. you know and it was it was all part of our, our thing Being, yeah. and I, I really struggled now with music yeah. you know very occasionally I'll think now I'm going to sit and I'm going to play some of his old CDs and um but I I, I find it it quite it triggering quite it's triggering, triggering. Yeah. it is triggering yeah it's triggering for me and guess what I do it over and over and over again I don't know yeah. why it's almost a bit of self-harm maybe can't watch the telly well, so maybe, what do I do I listen to music and... maybe that's where your way of facing it because mm. that is where you're letting yourself feel mm, true then I normally get in a right state and I'm crying and then I'm asleep by 10 o'clock. So I've... Thank you. You're quite right. You are. But you do sometimes kind of, a, I don't know. I just, I just want to be okay, Sue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I and I that, think, I think that might be a bit ambitious. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. But you kind of look at it from the outside in and you go, I know I look like I'm okay. Yeah. I know I look like, look at Jan. She's doing really well. Yeah. But that's the other thing we were talking really about knows. last night, wasn't it? Is that you can be happy. Uh-huh, yes. But you can be distraught at the same time. And they don't cancel each other out. So you can be really, really sad. Exactly. And really, really happy. But they, they don't cancel each other out. You're holding both those feelings at the same time. Yeah. But because you feel like you should be one or the other, that's where I think the internal struggle yes. comes. Because it's like last night, there were five of us. We're all widows, one very newly widowed. And we all had a good laugh. We did. And it's kind of quite if people looking in from the outside wouldn't have a clue what we're laughing about when actually yeah. we've all lost our husbands yeah. and we're going through the toughest time in our lives but it's okay to still have a giggle yeah it is. doesn't take away yeah. the love that we had for them no. if we find something in our evening to laugh and chuckle yeah. about but equally if you then come home from that and you need to have a really big cry that doesn't cancel out that you had a really good time when you were out it's just an acknowledgement that your life has yeah. changed you know i think I feel quite cheated, but I'm also really grateful for the good things that are happening in my life. I've got, I've got lovely daughters, I've got a really nice house, I've got, you know, my life is, apart from this massive crater, Boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> life is, is pretty good. Yeah. In, you know, me, it, me too, to be honest, Sue. You know, but all of the time that this life is pretty good, there's this massive void, void and, and, and emptiness that I don't think will ever be filled see I, I yeah I don't know that, that that's a good one for me to think about especially because I've got this new interest yeah. with with a man in my life yeah. um who isn't a widow by the way and you know I've read a lot on the way group recently about you know can you really meet somebody else that isn't a widow do they understand and I think that's a really good question no I don't think unless they've walked our path they're never going to understand for me I've met somebody who gets it enough that understands that how it didn't leave me or as in 
have an affair or get divorced, he died. And so it doesn't mean to say that my love for my husband stopped at all. I will always love Howie and that, you know, I have room enough in my heart to love again. Howard taught me that, but I also want to be loved physically, not just by ghosts. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like, and just yeah. being some, you, we talked about this last night as well, didn't we? But being somebody's priority. Yes. You know, yes I, that's, yeah. that's the thing that I really miss. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly important to my kids because yes. you know, they want to know when they're getting their dinner or if they're missing <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. And um, same, but you know, I'm, with my kids. Yeah. But when it comes to something going wrong in my house, who, who am I? Yeah. Whose priority am I? No, I'm not. And yeah. it's it's great to sit down and tell yourself, well, you need to make yourself your own priority. I want to be somebody's priority That's again. Me, yeah. I want to be somebody's first thought. Oh, I wonder if Jan would like this. Or I wonder if, you know, I can help Jan with that or whatever. So, yeah, I think not, not trying to fill that void, but just trying to feel... I'm trying to feel maybe a little bit of what I felt before. And I'm doing that quite well. Mm. That doesn't take away the fact that I still really miss Howie. Yeah, please. You know, so yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you, Sue. We've actually yeah. chatted for quite a long time today. Twenty-one minutes. Wow. We've done quite well, I know. <laughs> so yes, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get off here now and say thank you very much for chatting to me. We'll do it again. Okay. Please. Yes, it's thanks lovely. for having me again. And I'll chat to you all again soon. Thanks for listening.